This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Sometimes if you come from a Pentecostal or charismatic background, people look at you and go, what you need to do is you need, if you're Pentecostal, you need the Holy Ghost. Um, I'm not Pentecostal. I kind of gave up more in the charismatic movement, so we modified that to the Holy Spirit because ghost sounded freaky and a little bit like Casper. And so, like, the only ghost I know of was Casper. He was a friendly ghost, but that's not what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, actually, uh, actually that word is an old English word that meant guest, but the Holy Spirit is what we're talking about. And people say, well, you, you need the Holy Spirit, and that makes denominational people very angry. And they'll look at you and go, I have the Holy Spirit. And then we start, a, we start a denominational war and sides square off. And nothing like a religious war to waste our time. <laughs> so tonight, but, le, but let me just, let, let me encourage you. Because, because here at the Ark, here, here's what we believe. We believe we'll give you scriptures and you get to make up your own mind. Amen. We don't force anybody to do anything. Because God doesn't force anybody to do anything. Amen. And so we'll give you scriptures. But I want, to, I want to just tell you, those of you who've made Jesus Christ your Lord, you do have a dimension of the Holy Spirit in you. Now, let me, I'm going to run through some scriptures real quick. This first one is a, is a real kicker. He dwells or lives in us, Romans 8. Look at this word, Romans 8, 9. Paul is writing to the Romans, one of his best doctrinal books. He said, he's writing to Christians. He said, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, how many of you know, you could say in your heart, and I want you to respond to this, you can say in your heart, Alan, I know I'm, I know I'm a Christian, I know I'm saved, I know I belong to the Lord. If you, if you can say that, then you have the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God in you. And don't let anybody ever talk you out of it. Don't ever let anyone ever say, well, because you didn't do what I did, or because you didn't speak in tongues, or because you didn't get baptized the way our group baptizes, you're not saved. You look, you look at them and laugh and go, bless your heart. <laughs> and only us will know that that's code for you are so stupid. And so, <laughs> second thing is he testifies the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, if you made Jesus your Lord, you belong, you have the Spirit of Christ. He testifies to us that we are children of God. This is Romans 8. 15 through 16. Again, Romans, one of the finest doctrinal books ever written that Paul wrote. He said, for you've not received the spirit of slavery, again, leading to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Listen, when you made Jesus your Lord, that word Abba, Father, was actually a word that the Hebrews used to use. It was a, a word almost like Daddy. That when you make Jesus your Lord, God's not way off. He's not gone. He is Father. He's our Heavenly Father. And you make Him your Lord, you begin to say, Abba, Father. In other words, that's a close, that's intimate. That's, you are my Father. And the Holy Spirit. And you know what? And when you do that, if you ever notice, you don't feel weird about it. You feel good about it because you can call Him Father. And the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we're children of God. You, you, get, you make Jesus your Lord, and there's something on the inside of you going, I belong to God. And the Holy Spirit steps up and goes, yes, you do. And how many of you know now, some of you might have been, you might have been hesitant when you first started, but by now you are just sure that you're sure you are, you are saved, you belong to the Lord, he belong, you are in the family, and you're just very sure of that. And, listen, and, and when you say that, and even when you say that, there's, some, there's, there's someone on the inside of you going, that's right. You're, that's right. He testifies to us that we are children of God. So 
Spirit of God in us testifies to us. Here's the third one. He's the seal and guarantee of things to come. 2 Corinthians 2, 1, 21 and 22. Now he who establishes with you in Christ and has anointed us is God who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. That word pledge actually means a guarantee. In other words, he's the down payment of something good to come. So he sealed us and gave us the Holy Spirit in our heart. Are you saying why that no one can say, hey, because you don't believe like we do, you don't have the Holy Spirit? No, you do. So I never want to take that away from anyone. And so as here's the last one. This is, this is uh, Galatians 4. All of these letters were written by Paul. And I want you to hold on to that thought because I'm about to jump right into the next encounter with Paul. But Galatians 4, 6 says, because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You belong to him. He's your heavenly father. It's okay. when Listen, when it's okay to pray, when you pray, you don't have to go, God, you're family now. And when you're family, you can say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that I can come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you that I am your child. And I thank you that you sent your spirit into my heart, crying, Abba, Father. How many of you see there's four scriptures that indicate if you are born again, the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, what I've said last week and what I, what I want to repeat is there are, though, different dimensions of the Holy Spirit. Well, someone say, Alan, I got the Holy Spirit. I got all there is. I'd be very careful about boxing God in to your thoughts. He's, he's a lot bigger than that. Listen, the Holy Spirit at one time appeared like a flame of fire and he would lead the Israelites and then that was at night, but then in the daytime, he's a cloud. You're like, how does he, Alan, how does he do that? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> but I do know this. God's bigger than my brain, and he's bigger than my thought, and whenever, I start, whenever we start to box God in, <laughs> you're going to get real disappointed because he's bigger than our boxes. Paul is, is in Ephesus, and he has an encounter with some people, so I want you to follow this next story. It's a, it's a good one. He said, this is in Acts 19. This is a very interesting passage. Paul, who's traveling, happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now that's an interesting passage. So Paul's cruising through, he's cruising through Ephesus and he finds a group of guys and they're, and they're, they're in fact, there are 12 of them. And man, these guys just love God. They're like, oh yeah, we love God. He's like, great, I found, some, I found some believers. I found some disciples. And he's talking to them. And uh, he starts talking to them. And, and, and he's, finally, he looks at these guys and goes, y'all, did y'all receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, no, wait, stop. <laughs> Why would you even ask that question? Because we just read four passages that Paul wrote saying the Spirit of God lives in you if you believe. Could it be that there's a different experience? There's another dimension. But these guys looked at him and they said, uh, what? 
what's the Holy Spirit? I think it's interesting. Paul asked that question. So Paul backed up. He went, whoa, wait a minute. He said, what were you guys baptized into? And they said, John's baptism. You know what they were talking about was John the Baptist. Remember, John the Baptist came before Jesus. He's the biggest thing to hit Israel in a long time. And he's baptized and people were coming to him, but it was the baptism of repentance. John's whole message was repent. And he was preparing the way of the Lord. I love how Paul handled that. Paul didn't look at them and go, oh, y'all are stupid. <laughs> y'all are so far behind. You know what he did? He, he agreed right where they were and led them to something better. He just took them and said, oh yeah, oh yeah. John, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, pointing to the one who was going to come, Jesus Christ. Isn't that good how he handled that? Listen, guys, when you run across people who believe differently, look for places of agreement not places where you disagree. I had, a, I had a guy today, he was fixing my air conditioner because there ain't no way I can fix it. <laughs> All I do is go out and pray in spirit over it. Oh, so give, me a, give me an interpretation, Lord, because I have no idea what to do with this thing. <laughs> so he came in and he was, we, I, I was writing the check and he saw my Bibles. He said, are you studying the Bible? And uh, I said, yeah, studying the Bible. I said, I'm a pastor. I said, I have to speak tonight. I looked down and said, you're a believer? He said, oh yeah, I'm a believer. He said, he said, man, he said, God filled a void in my life. Now we just had a little testimony time right there. God filled, I didn't ask him what church he went to or why he didn't go to our church because he's probably going, he, I know you're probably up in a dead church somewhere. You need to come to our church, got some life in it. <laughs> How many of you know that does not help anybody? Listen, just find places with people where you can agree. He loved God, I love God. We had a good time just talking about how the Lord was good and how he filled a void in our life. Listen, when you find other believers, get to a place of agreement. If you can't agree about anything other than Jesus is Lord and he's good, stay right there. That's all you, that's all you got to go. I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing all the religious wars and they've been going on a long time and the author of that is the enemy. It is not God. We got a lost world out there. We're quibbling over baptisms and doctrines and stuff. Please stop. Please stop. Please stop. A hurting world, we're arguing. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> In the immortal words of Sweet Brown, ain't nobody got time for that. You can Google it, it's a thing. <laughs> Paul pointed them to the one that, that John was promoting. But then after Paul did that, they got baptized in Jesus' name. How many of you think these guys got saved? Not a trick question. Okay, how many of you think they weren't saved? How many of you think they got saved? Because they just baptized them in Jesus' name. We're going to baptize some people out here on the plaza. But when we baptize them on the plaza, I'm not going to come along and lay hands on them. They're saved. We ask them, according to your profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I now baptize. Now, we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is indicating, don't get hung up. Well, if they weren't baptized in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're not saved. Hush. Just hush. <laughs> they were saved. And then Paul laid hands on them, and the Bible said the Holy Spirit came upon them, on them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So let's talk a little bit about that. Because I've heard, I've heard people say, and I've heard a lot of people say, oh, Alan, man, I want, I want all the Holy Spirit I can get. I do not want tongues. <laughs> Don't want it. 
and, uh, and so I, I want to I tell you tonight, I want to give you some good reasons why, uh, yeah, listen to me, you, you may. At the end of the service, now listen, if you listen to me real good, at the end of the service, if you would like to stay and pray, we're going we're gonna to dismiss everyone who doesn't want to receive, everyone who would like to receive, we're going to pray for them. But here's what I'm, I'm going to ask you to do. If you can come back next week, I'm going to send you home with an assignment that will help you receive. This is not, it's not something you got to work up. But this is something that the greater your faith is, it's going to be a lot easier to receive. So stay with me, but let's talk a little bit about this. People say, Alan, I don't want tongues because tongues passed away. Oh, did they? Well, yeah. Let's read the, let's read the passage where it talked about that. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. It says, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they'll fail. And where there are tongues, they will cease. And where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. People take that and they latch on to that part. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Anybody ever heard that? Where there are tongues, they will cease. <laughs> but, but one, it's the only scripture that you'll find like that. Number two, what about their prophecies, they will fail. Do you realize there are prophecies that have not come to pass yet? And how about this? Has knowledge, all the knowledge failed? No, we're still learning, still growing. You, you, can't take, it's, you can't take one verse and make a doctrine of it. This is why I've told find different verses. You say, Alan, why do you, on Wednesday nights, why do you give us so many Bible verses? The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So what you do is you, you build a scriptural case. You don't take one scripture. You've got some people years ago, they would take one scripture and came up with the doctrine that women couldn't wear makeup. For real. How many of you know that makeup is not a sin? In fact, it, usually it's a blessing. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> Just seeing if y'all here. We're here, all right. Look, there's no other verses that back this up. So you got to show me some other verses that say they stopped. Show me some other verses that say they passed away. Well, and when the last apostle died, can't find a verse for that either. And when do we know when the last apostle died? So Alan, why in the world would I want to, to, to speak with tongues? Glad you asked. Here's a, good, here's a good one right here. Speaking in tongues is speaking directly to God in prayer. 1 Corinthians 14.2. For if I pray in the tongue, my spirit... Carrie, would you give me 1 Corinthians 14.2? Thank you. For he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. He who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. For nobody, however, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. That mysteries means divine secrets. So here, here, here's one of the most beautiful things. Praying in tongues. Now, I, 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 Joe and I have been, gosh, we've been doing this for 30, I've been, I've been praying in the spirit now 37 years. We never call it tongues as much as we call it praying in the spirit. And, and a lot of people uh, a lot of people refer to, I've heard people refer to it as a prayer language. It's not scriptural in terms of a, a scriptural basis, but it's, it's a good way to name it. It's a prayer language. My, my son came home from a retreat one time and told us that he got his, his spirit language. I went, time out, time. Spirit language, that sounds like something from the you know, ancient Indians. You lose that. Just, let's just call it what it is. But so, <laughs> Help him out. But I'm just glad he got his spirit language. He's praying in the spirit. He said, he who prays, if, when I'm speaking to men, that's actually a supernatural way I can talk directly to God. I said, but no one understands him. 
Because in the, in the yeah, yeah, you can't understand it. You ever get next to somebody who's praying in tongues? You're not going to understand it. But they're not speaking to you. They're speaking to God. He said, well, they, in the spirit, he speaks, they speak mysteries. <laughs> How many of you know it's not a mystery to God? You're not going to, God's not going to go, what was that? <laughs> speaks directly to God. Here's my second, here's my second, what I call objection. Remember, I was in sales. In sales, you answer objections. Here's an objection, and this is a big one. You ready? I am concerned that the Holy Spirit will take me over and embarrass me. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I know this is a fact. More than one person has come to me and said, Alan, I've had bad experiences with spirit-filled people. I'm in Walmart. And some lady just takes off praying in tongues loudly. Or they took me to church somewhere, made me kneel down. 15 people laid hands on me and screamed at me for half an hour that I'd get the... And I've had more people tell me bad experiences they've had with people who, who've, who've been, quote, unquote, spirit-filled. I won't ask for a show of hands. I know it's happened. But listen, <laughs> I know people who won't become Christians because they know people who are. And so at some point in time, you have to make up your mind, I'm going to move past all the people, and I want to get to what God has for me. Because, man... <laughs> How many of you know that you haven't always been the best Christian in the world? Don't raise your hand, but let, I mean, <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. There's a, there's a reason I love this church, but I do not have an ARC sticker on my vehicle. <laughs> you know why? Because I don't drive well enough to have an ARC bumper on, on my vehicle. Because I drive assertively. <laughs> That's a nice word for it, isn't it? It's, a, it's assertive. And so I don't want someone going, God from the ark just cut me off. I'm not ever going to that church. <laughs> so I'm, I, I implore you, if you can't drive, please peel that sticker off your vehicle. <laughs> but we've seen the same thing from, from people who've had crazy experiences with people who are quote unquote spirit filled. I went to a group of Pentecostals one night. I went, man, I was hungry. I wanted to receive all God for me. I went down to the front, kneeled down on a cement floor. And by those Pentecostals, they prayed over me. And I was a hard case. So the, all the let go people prayed for me first. Son, you just need to let go. I'm on my knees. I didn't know what I was letting go of. I was like. <laughs> so that let go people gave up. And the hold on people came. Son, you just need to hold on. I'm like, I do, whatever I let, Lord, whatever I let go of, I want to hold bone back to it. And I left a little bit discouraged. But I did, I did leave with this in my heart. I, I think this was, this was the redeeming thing. I, I remember walking out, go, I said, well, this is going to be a journey. I said, but I'm, I'm going to receive. Like, it's gonna, like I'm going to pry it out of God's hands, but somehow I'm going to get it. But listen to me. If anyone really is a candidate, if anyone was a candidate not to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was me. I come from a very conservative background. My mother got filled with the Spirit in the early 70s, shared it with her junior high Sunday school group. And in our Baptist church, that so did not fly. And we were asked to leave. So my first experience 
but the Holy Spirit is being booted out of the church. Praise God. <laughs> and here we go. I, I, I am extremely conservative. I, I know sometimes you, you think down here, it's like, Alan's so animated and so he's just, Alan is operating in the gifting and grace that God has given him. It, it, people say, man, I'd love to have lunch with him. Talk to people that have lunch with me. No one's overwhelmed. <laughs> They're kind of like, just a dude. <laughs> kind of, actually kind of quiet. Actually more of a reader. Actually a little bit boring. Actually, Joy said when she first met me, she, she thought I was a little stuffy. <laughs> Whole family's stuffy. I'm conservative. Well, I'm, listen, even when we partied, ever heard, the, ever heard the phrase, the adult in the room? I was always the adult in the room. Don't, hey, don't drop the ashes on that couch and burn that couch when you're getting high. Don't <laughs> drop the ashes on the couch and, and burn I was the one that would clean up after everyone's done. I was the one like, hey, 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 don't spill the bong water on the carpet. <laughs> Even doing drugs, I was the adult in the room. I don't, I'm not loud. I don't like to be loud in public. When my kids would be loud in public, it embarrassed me. I'm like, shh, hush. We're from a conservative family, chill. I, my youngest son has a voice that cuts steel. Dad! I'm like, <laughs> Matthew graduates from Sam Houston. There's all these people. They got air horns. They're screaming. They're hollering. Matthew graduated, and our whole family's like, yay. <laughs> he didn't hear us. And here's, here's something I know you find just amazing, but it's the truth. I can stand up and speak in front of thousands of people and feel very comfortable. I'm extremely awkward if you put me around 20 people in a birthday cake and they're singing happy birthday to me. I'm like, don't you do it. Don't, don't you. And I've told, I've told my staff, if you take me out to a restaurant and you tell them it's my birthday and they come and sing happy birthday to me, just go ahead, pack your bags when we get back. Because <laughs> I will up and fire you quick. I mean, I, I hate that. So if anyone is a candidate, if anyone is conservative, if anyone is a candidate for not being filled with the Spirit, it would be me. I've had to do high-level business presentations. I've had to do a lot of things. Listen, what I'm getting across is the Holy Spirit will not come on you and overtake you and embarrass you. You say, well, what about that crazy lady in Walmart? She's crazy lady in Walmart. She could have easily just buttoned it up. She didn't have to do that. I've never been walking along and and all of a sudden, it's like, I did scare the daylights out of a guy who we were training one time. And he started talking. He said, he said, my wife, she's crazy. Her grandma's crazy. Her grandma talks in tongues. We were standing in the middle of a bank. I'm training this guy. He's the new sales rep. We're standing in the middle of a bank. He said, my wife's crazy. She talks in tongues. Grandma talks in tongues. They're all crazy. A bunch of holy rollers. I said, oh, I had enough. I looked at him. I said, do you know I'm a holy roller too? He said, really? I said, Yeah. Then I got this look in my eye, I went, fact. I said, I feel a spell coming on right now. And, and then it was on then. We're driving down the road, and I'm like, whoo, take the wheel. I just, I just feel, I feel the Holy Ghost. That just bothered him, man. I got it. I got it. 
that brother left me alone for the rest of his tenure in that country. <laughs> what am I saying is, I, I, now we'll go back to the scripture. <laughs> oh, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, Carrie. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15. I told Carrie I'm jumping around on him because he's real good. Listen to this. For if I pray in the tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Notice he says, I will. So understand, you get filled with the Spirit, you speak with other tongues. Whether you speak with tongues or not, it's you. You will. He empowers you, but you do it. You do the speaking. I've stood up in front of many business presentations. I never stood up once concerned that, oh my gosh, what if the Holy Spirit decides he, I'm going to burst out in tongues right in the middle of this business meeting? Right here. I will be fired. He will not embarrass you. He will strengthen you. He will help you. And understand that, that tongues aren't to embarrass you. They're, they're private. Most, 98% of my praying in tongues is private. It is for my personal fellowship with the Lord. Because it gives me an opportunity, and I'm going to go into this next week, but it gives me an opportunity to pray beyond my understanding, to pray beyond my knowledge, because I, I'm praying out mysteries, but they're not mysteries to God. You, you, you want to know how I, I get messages? I, I do two messages per week. And a lot of pastors look at me and go, how in the world do you do that? I, I got help. I have help. And you say, well, there's a book of messages that you're in. No, no, no. I, I, I will just sit down and, and open by, and I'll pray and, and talk to the Lord and have a fellowship time with him and pray in the spirit. And ideas begin to come and they begin to come. And so you know, I, that's, that's what's one of the beautiful things about it. I tell people, oh, oh, listen, listen. Don't ever take away my ability to communicate with the Lord with, with other tongues. That has made such a difference. Next week, I'll talk about what it says in Romans about praying beyond our understanding. I talk about how the Bible says it builds us up spiritually and helps us, how it creates in us a consciousness of, of the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence. Now, here's what, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to end this service. And as we end this service, here's what I'm going to ask you. If you can come back next week, then here's what I would, I would take some of the scriptures that we looked at and, and go through them again. I would read 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14 chapter. Read it. Read it a few times. It's not going to hurt you. It'll help you. But read it. And then when you come back next week, come back expecting to receive. Now, if you're saying, Alan, I'm not going to be able to come back. I, I want to receive tonight. Then what I'd like to ask you to do is I'm going to dismiss now and I'm going to ask those who would like to receive to stay. And those who were saying, no, I'm, I'm going to come back next week. Because here's the deal. If you're like, uh, I don't know, come back next week. If you're like, I don't know if it's for me, come back next week. Why? All I'm going to do is just build a scriptural case for you to receive because I want you to receive. Now, I'm going to ask a quick question. How many of you in here have said, you know what, Alan, I have received the Holy Spirit. I, I do pray in the Spirit. I, 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 I do that. I'm, I just raise your hands. Look. I just want the rest of you to see that they're, that they're, I'm not the only one. And some of these people look real normal. So it's good. Let's pray and we'll close. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Father, thank you for your help and your strength. Thank you, Lord that we're able to receive the gift that you gave us and it's such a blessing to us. I thank you, Father, for every hungry heart. You'll meet every need in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.